With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are celebrating, reminiscing 28 years ago. Can you quite believe that? I can't quite believe it myself. And that's when... The DB Bitter Warriors took part in the Winfield Cup, Game 1 against Brisbane. Now, he didn't play, but he did join the team in 95 with the DB Bitter Warriors. Richie Blackmore joins us now. G'day, Richie. Yeah, how you going? All right. Can you believe it's 28 years ago? It's, always a, it's a worry, isn't it? You start sort of reflecting on dates and then you realise just how bloody old you are. But anyway, it is, it's, a, it's a while ago. Uh, now, I, th- I think you missed the early part of the season because we had to wait for you to finish up um, over in the UK. Am I right in that? Yeah, that's correct. Because we, obviously back then, uh, the UK were playing you know, during the winter, which is summer here. And so when it kicked off, we were sort of still halfway through our year. And I'm looking through some of these team names. It's just, it's it's amazing, and the, and they're in folklore in Warriors history. Phil Blake, Sean Hoppy, of course, Dean Bell, Fetu Taiwa, Marty Moana, Gene Namu, Gavin Hill, Dwayne Mann, Hytro, of course, and Steve Kearney, and then the two Tonys, Tatupu and Tuamavavi. I mean, the anticipation and the enthusiasm for rugby league, I hadn't seen anything like it before. Um, did you watch that game from over in the UK and sort of pinch yourself that it was happen- happening in your homeland? The, the, that whole time, I suppose, leading into the um, the launch of the Warriors was the well, New Zealand, uh, yeah, DB Bitter, New Zealand Warriors um, was an exciting time. Um, I, I, I didn't watch the game myself, um, but uh, heard a lot about it, the, the excitement and, and having an NRL team in New Zealand was you know, something that I think most people were were pumped on. Obviously, when we got here halfway through the year, I turned up, I rocked in with um, Dennis Betts and Fran Obotica um, as the UK contingency halfway through the year. Um, and it was next level getting, getting over here in terms of the um, uh, fanfare, the excitement, the opportunities, the, um, the support. I'm looking at the games and the history of that season, and it's quite phenomenal, really. Their home game, the Warriors' home games at Ericsson Stadium, as it was then, about 30,000 per game. Their away games, about 10,000 per game would go and watch the Warriors in Australia. Did, did you feel like in Season 1, we have to prove a point, we have to prove that we're worthy of playing in this Winfield Cup? I think there was definitely the um, expectation was in everyone's uh, uh, view. The the recruitment was, uh, I think, solid. The uh, support, definitely next level. The expectation, um, everyone wore it. So there was, there was out doubt. I mean, unfortunately, I think we missed out on the uh, first, that first year making the top eight at the least because we got um, docked two points for fielding too many players in a game. How that happened, who knows? But anyway, that that um, that was a big slip up that um, kind of stored them any momentum that we were trying to get from the uh, from the back. 
And back then, John Money was coaching Ian Dobson. Robson. Robson was the was Robson, the Ian Robson was the CEO. Yeah, he was quite different for what we were used to for administrators in sport over here in New Zealand. It was a mixed bag. It seemed like a mixed bag. I mean, look, I, I thought he was fantastic at what he was trying to do or what he was putting across and, and how he thought about the introduction of the Warriors into the NRL and what and where that whole space of, um, I mean, it probably was the beginning of the um, professionalism of, of, for rugby league in real, in real time. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, I guess, money spent, which to the criticism of others um, uh, in the off-field entertainment stuff. Um, but the way he went about it, I, I think he, he couldn't have done a better job. Yeah, a lot, and back then, this this is sort of pre, uh, pre-breakers time, it was the show to go to, and I remember, uh, I don't think it was the first year, but it was pretty early doors, and I remember a couple of my mates were running in the Rotorua Marathon, and they were playing, uh, the Warriors were playing Parramatta, the, uh, sorry, Balmain the next day, and Gary Freeman was in the team, and he got sent off. And I remember sitting in that in the stands at what is Mount Smart now, and I was like, I can't believe there's atmosphere like this at a New Zealand sporting event. As a player playing in front of those home fans in the inaugural season, what was it like playing in front of that crowd? As I mentioned, man, it was definitely next level. Um, the, the, the noise, the commitment, the excitement and the... Uh, optimism. I think that's what really sort of wrapped over the, the, the lot uh, about the start of the Warriors was the optimism for this team to become a, what let's say, let's use the word juggernaut in the NRL. The expectations were, I, I think, sitting up there, certainly as a player, I, that's how I felt and what I was committed to. Um, and, well, history's shown it's, it's, it's been far from the, the juggernaut um, uh, franchise that uh, we were all hoping for. Um, and uh, reality, reality has slapped us around the face, and you know we sit here still trying to uh, hunt our first title. Andrew Webster's signing uh, was, you know, we we try and not get too excited with signings because over the years we've been let down a little bit. And I know um, we've had a game, we've had a win, um, but signs are good. You've got a much better rugby league mind and reading body language and reading signs. How how are you feeling going into this season with with the evidence of just one game? If I sat there looking at it from a distance, I I think I'd be surprised if we made the top eight. Um, that said, obviously the opening games. Look, this is this competition is about momentum and confidence. Um, I always take a quick assessment from a distance, which was the only way we do that, or I do that, is just to uh, listen to how the coach talks and puts across. And look, we all know the, the Aussies can talk a good game, but um, that said, Andrew, I, I do like how, how he puts himself across and what his sort of feel for the game. Um, if I, but then, I mean, they played the Newcastle Knights on the weekend while they got a win. Let's, um, in all fairness, probably the, in terms of all of the opening games, that was probably the least, um, one of the least um, exciting games of football for the opening round. Um, Adam O'Brien probably going to be the first bloke with the um, a bullet to his head in terms of when you look at coaches that are going to get sacked throughout the year. I'd, I'd say he'd be one of the first ones. Um, they've not got a bad roster, but the, the, their performance in the whole, and when I listen to um, Adam present himself in terms of how he sees the game, it's, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put him up there. Certainly Andrew's got a nice, nice take on it. 
Roosters this weekend. Um, I'd, I think I'd rather them in round five or six, but you can't escape it. And then off to the, the Cowboys next week. I'd love one win of, from one of these two. I think that's a massive pass mark if we could get one of these two wins. Um, but we're taking on a Roosters side who were embarrassed last week. What would success look like for you with the Warriors going up against the Roosters this weekend? I mean, for the way I'm seeing it is at the moment, look, that first win was really gained on effort more than anything else. Um, and the Warriors have been guilty in the past of putting effort in one week and then failing to deliver the, the, the following week. So very inconsistent. And effort tends to be that way. It's very hard to play at 100% every week. So you have to sort of find a nice, um, confident performance somewhere around that 70% effort rate. Um, which your, your better teams can do. They can pick up wins and, and play some decent footy, uh, hitting hitting 70%. And uh, at the moment, uh, can the Warriors back up? They're probably most likely to get back up for this week. It's not the recipe for the uh, duration of the season. That said, Roosters, yeah, still well. Um, they're not going to be um, sort of looking too far ahead. This, this game this week is something that they really that they will... They'll be hard to beat this week, the Roosters. And finally, talking to Richie Blackmore, former Warrior, of course, part of the 95-96 seasons, and then I think he came back um, a few, quite a few years later too and, and had a few games as well. But your area of expertise in the midfield there, Richie, I was really encouraged by the desire, by the heart, especially in defence, well, partic- yeah, mainly solely on defence, about the resilience that I think past Warriors teams would have let tries in through that midfield, but they stood up. Yeah, and that's how they got their win, was just through those little efforts that they put in the, into the game across the park. I mean, when you look at the Warriors on paper, there's not a great deal of X-factors. You, you, you do like to have those sort of um, marquee-type footballers. We don't have a stack of them, and so they're, they're, any success they're going to get is going to require a fair bit of uh, digging deep. They did that on the weekend. Um, but as I said, it's hard to pull that out every week. I mean, if it's a it's, it's a lovely um, feel good factor, but um, we need to start seeing a, a bit more polish and, and class to their football. And they, look, that will come if you pick up a couple of wins, you get a bit of confidence, and all of a sudden players that maybe um, you you didn't hold them highly in their uh, capabilities, all of a sudden they're starting to put some nice football together, and it's consistent. Um, that's going to be their bigger challenge. Can they can they get the confidence? To feel like they're not uh, there's no there's not the pressure on them to perform, but rather they just perform because they enjoy doing uh, playing that way. Brilliant. Well, Richie Blackmore, let's hope that that does get better and better during the season. Uh, appreciate you chatting to us today. Enjoyed it. Yeah, nice one. Good talking. Here he is, Richie Blackmore, part of the ninety five ninety six. Warriors campaigns. I'm just looking at that 95 season, right? Uh, just to refresh your memory. Lost the first game to Brisbane 25-22. Lost the second game to Illawarra Steelers uh, 40-28. Then they had a win. Then they went loss-loss. And then listen to this run they went on. Beat the Steelers, beat the Eels, beat the Roosters, lost to the Knights. Beat the Sharks, beat the Tigers, lost to the Panthers. And then they beat Magpies, beat Rabbitohs, beat the Seagulls, beat the Western Reds, beat the Crushers, beat the Cowboys. They won about eight out of ten games in a run there, which is just amazing. And they finished uh, 10th on the table, 22 games, 13 wins, 9 losses, points differential of plus 51. 
fantastic inaugural season. Should have been in the top eight. They got, I think it was against the Eels that they got um, charged for an illegal interchange, and so they got docked two points. And if they hadn't got docked the two points, as you'll see, oh, actually, they I made... see that they were, tw- yes. Yeah, so Sydney City finished ahead of them, but mm-hmm. they had one less win. So New Zealand had, uh, the, uh, sorry, Auckland Warriors, they were 24 points with an asterisk. So they would have finished seventh, seventh, uh, yeah, eighth. Sorry, they would have finished Is that eighth, yeah. Yeah, because St George finished seventh, but they had a better for and against. So they would have taken North Sydney Bears out of the eight, and they were in the eight. Yeah, and as and he that's said, where it all started with the referees. Exactly, it's <laughs> where the conspiracy begins, staff, and that's why we've never got back to the promised land. Well, we've never been there, but um, I sort of agree with them. That would have been the best start to obviously the club's history, and you ride momentum off it. I mean, I think we missed the eight for the next five or six years. So. You know, we had a chance to make it in the first year and then just didn't do it for the next five or six. And then, of course, 2002 comes around, make the grand final. Um, but, yeah, good uh, – well, I wasn't around then, but I do like reminiscing on those mm. sort of early Warriors days. All right, basketball fans, we're going to talk to Casey Frank, who's over in Sydney to call the game, uh, where the Kings are hosting uh, the New Zealand Breakers. If you've got some questions for me to chuck at Casey, more than happy to, to pass them on and because um, I want to ask what you want to know. So you got – Few minutes. Double eight, double three. Get your questions in for the great man Casey Frank. He'll be after the break.